Last time on Coolly Drawn Swords. While Bambri's got his true sight going, he's going to turn around yeah. from a distance. Now I presume we're going to have to run to catch up um, yeah. and have a look at the wagon. Is there anything, kind of some horrible presence lurking over? Is there something obvious that we didn't spot earlier? There's a sense of something that, as you look around, diffuses really quickly. We've been really lucky that they've taken us on board, but we're blatantly getting set up here. I do agree with that. I've got this mirror. Why don't we ask it a question when we're far away from their ears, none of them can hear, and let's just see who set us up. The mirror starts to glow. It says, The one who seeks you can be named. Of course I'll say who is to blame. When you reach the Blue City, seek out Warehouse 23. Around the side, ascend the stair. You'll find the answers there. And it starts to shiver in your hand. And it starts to go, Death is coming. Death is due. Death is hunting. Death seeks you. Death. Death. Fuck! Fuck! Shut it down. Death. Switch it off. Bambi, turn it off. Death. I can't. Like, give it to me. Death. I'm going to stick it down the front of my trousers. No, I mean, I don't ever want it back if you do that. We know that our descriptions have been put out and that as traitors, we could be a, a convenient out to a political situation that maybe she'd be rewarded Percy, for. Percy, can you not tell if someone's lying oh i can oh tristan hey what's up i mean you you can have a conversation with npcs without trying to pull them i, I really think she's trustworthy i think we can include her in our plans now basically i can look like someone else i can make one person invisible enigma's pretty good at being sneaky so i could make someone else invisible as in one of you two, and then we only need to disguise one of you. Perhaps counterintuitively, I am going to suggest that you make Tristan invisible if we're going to make any of us invisible, because I can speak the language. Enigma, Grandmother Chi gives you quite a light, short overrobe with like a veil that you can put over your chin. It's basically, it's a ninja outfit. Yes! <laughs> Welcome to Crudely Drawn Swords, an actual play podcast in which five people are unable to clap on count second. <laughs> <laughs> so good luck enjoying the rest of our nonsense. <laughs> My name is Ben Moxon. I'm your host and GM. Hi, I'm Ali and I play Enigma. Enigma. My name's Gwynteague and this season I am playing Percival Cleft. My name's Magnus and I play Banbury Lutes. Hi, this is Stuart. I play Tristan T. Wilde, the bard. The city first appears as a smudge on the horizon. Smoke from cooking fires and steam from dye works creating a low cloud over the plain, through which vast shadows drift. As you approach, you get a clearer picture of the shape of Land City, the golden bright paints of the leading wagons with colourful pennants drifting languorously in the air above garden roofs. Behind that, the great towers of the central square, two on the front, one in the centre, 
warehouse-sized buildings seem small by comparison, and then behind those a long tail laden with workshops and the long structures of the dye works, where silk is prepared. From each side of the central square, itself a wagon of extraordinary size, long arms reach out, each tipped with a wheel perhaps 50 feet tall, hooked to long blue-silver chains on these arms, rolling along behind them are the countless wagons of the rolling people, different Hemu caravans lashed together, moving slowly along with the city itself. Boards are carefully fitted between them, creating a slowly shifting deck that the citizens of, Lunz of the Lunzideren walk across as comfortably as though it was solid ground. In the haze above the streets, vast shadows shift as two enormous sky whales, the largest you've seen, slowly drag the great wagon forward, chained to great harnesses that connect them to the tops of the towers. Flocks of birds flit among the wagons, and overhead pale shapes like bundles of rags drift with steady purpose over the city. The rumble of wheels and shifting boards mixes with the hubbub and noise of a living city reaching out to you across the plains. Right, so, we've arrived at this city, drawn by sky whales. The leading wagons are the kind of carriage manors of the silk houses. And then behind that you have the main city and these two big lateral wings that all the villages hook onto. And so we find ourselves arriving in the city. Hamuhonghe comes in to sight of it and it takes quite a long time to actually get lined up and hooked in. And there's a certain amount of work for the wind seeds and the other members of the caravan to get everything lined up and ready. So as those preparations go on, what are you doing? I'm asking a series of questions as we plan our heist. Oh, okay. So are you locked away in a wagon making a plan? I think we probably are. Yes. Okay, cool. I feel like it will help if we have a plan. That seems like a real good idea. Real good idea. Okay, so tell me about this move then. If I am planning a heist to steal or sneakily replace something, yes. um, I can ask you some questions and when acting on the answers... I and my allies can take plus one forward. Wow. Okay, good. The questions are, who will notice it's missing or appeared? Okay, so you've got who will notice it's missing, what is its most powerful defence, who will come after it, and who else wants it? I suspect we've been doing a lot of research as we go along as well. Yeah, you've been doing some research. So what I think you know... All the silk houses jealously guard their die stones. They're kept in their wagon manors. Obviously, a wagon manor is like a... Place where you can get noodles. <laughs> Some of them have bad manners. Um, it will be stored within the wagon manor. So who would notice it was missing? That would come down to... Hong Hu is the head of the Red House. Would definitely know it was missing. Hong Xing is Hong Hu's consort and involved in the running of the house. They would know it was missing. Alison, I hope you're writing this down. Yes. You actually have those names on a document already. Who would come after it? You think that any of the new houses would come after it, for sure. So you would expect that 
the cyan, the crimson, or the yellow house will be well into getting it if they can. Yeah, the primary movers in this story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the three out of the four colour process. So that's who you think will probably come after it. What's its most powerful defence? So its most powerful defence is firstly, it's stored within the manor. And then the manor has like a large, spacious kind of assembly room. And that's where public and house ceremonies are held. So, for example, you have the tithing ceremony, which will happen a few days after your arrival, when the villagers are all invited in to offer up their silk tithes and then to have them ceremonially accepted by the house and then there's like a big old party for everyone. It's like quite a standard celebration. Ideal. It's a big deal for the villagers. They're all very excited about it. You know what that sounds like? The sort of thing I should turn up in like some kind of uh, a dinner jacket and suit suavely turn up to and then I can just like seduce somebody, sneak out of the back. It's all fine. That's exactly the kind of setup that this is, 100%. Excellent. Got it. I'm going to need a martini, you guys. If you're going to go to a ball, this is the ball you're going to go to. I'm all over the ball. I'm not saying you guys mentioned a prom episode and I was like, hang on a second. <laughs> <laughs> but that is also entirely what happened. So it will be within there, but then beyond that, it will be stored in the back rooms of the manor. And those rooms are likely to have traps. They're likely to have guards and there is likely to be various diversions and complex machines involved in keeping it safe. Including like a corridor where like for no reason some big chunks of metal come down and just go and you have to kind of shimmy around them. Oh yeah, that's a guarantee. Thought so. I think we go through the top. I'm still thinking carving a hole in it and dropping down and then kind of dodging around the lasers. Well, one of the other problems you have to consider so I think this is the other thing that you get from your What Keeps It Safe. When you look at the wagons, and like Grandmother Chi has the drawers that open... Yes, she does. ...out of effectively nowhere. <laughs> Grandmother's drawers. And that uses a type of magic that's called an other store. Yes. It's the wood of a specific kind of oak. Okay. Very good. Thank you. This whole area is lined with that wood. So it will exist in a space that does not exist outside. Oh, could I sneak into one of those? Well, this is where it's stored. So these are rooms that don't exist outside the wagon, but do exist inside it because they're built from this magical wood. I believe I can help you there. <laughs> you and your magical wood. He's always going the against the grain. Magic. <laughs> so that's the other way they're kept safe. Now, you have every opportunity to do more research around the city as you wander around anything you pick up or that you think might be useful, let me know. Mm -hmm. And we will turn it into the opportunity, and this is something I'm stealing from a game called Blades in the Dark, which has the opportunity to go into a flashback to explain how you got the piece of equipment that you need right now or the information you need right now. Okay. And then based on the flashback roll, we'll see how good it is. And that's really to avoid having to spend six hours planning. That's good. That would have been quite tedious. So you can go, oh yeah, I knew I'd need this. So when we looked around that place earlier... 
do remember back in my childhood when I was offered a Werther's original. Well, I kept that in my pocket for nigh on 20 years, covered in the fur and dust of ages. And it happened to pick up a big old knife. <laughs> That's exactly how it works, yes. Okay, got it. You've clearly got it. I came back at a very weird time then. Hmm. Yes, we're going to use a flashback mechanic to avoid needing to overplan. Okay. Where you flash back to somewhere you prepared for what you've run into during your visit to the city or the time before. Yep. And then you roll to see how good the thing you got was. Who does the roll, Ali, because she's leading the charge on this? or Whoever's dealing with that specific problem. And a little like Defy Danger, it'll be a roll based on how you obtain the information. So, you've established some information about how you could break in and when. If you want to use the tithing ceremony, yes. you have a few days between now and then to check out what's going on in the city. That sounds like a good idea. I think we need to do it when the tithing ceremony's on. Some people have dropped their guards. You know, they're kicking back. They're not going to notice me just, like, sneaking through the other world. Whoever set us up, though... To know who what we looked like, they must know we were on that caravan, so they'll know we've hit the city as well. Ah, oh, fair point. But you do also have several days. So maybe some people are going to the city, but me and whoever's invisible... Tristan. We're sneaking over the top where no one can see us. I like the idea of being on top of this. It's going to be you and Tristan that's invisible. Cool. We could just hang out on the whales. <laughs> the whales are quite a long way above the city, and they're also enormous and up huge chains. It will be hard to get onto them unnoticed. Justin will be invisible and has that weird kite thing. Who looks up? After you've been on this for so long, you're like, I know what up there. Giant whale, isn't it? I don't look up. Dogs can't. Yeah, it's fair. No one ever looks up. Like, if you walk around your local city and look up, you'd be amazed. But, oh, that's there, is it? Yeah, it's true. It's true. Mostly sky. Ah, alien spacecraft. Pigeons. Really aggressive pigeons. Seagulls. I thought they were alien spacecraft, but they were seagulls. I may have asked this before, but the um, seven seems to be an important number. Yes, it does. Um, there are seven houses that are listed here, and there's seven gods and goddesses. Are there sort of colours that are associated with each individual religious aspect that I'm aware of? I will say there could well be. You tell me. Oh, OK. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if you want to... Whatever you relationship you establish between these colours, if you decide to do that, will be canonical. Yeah, I mean, I guess the the bigger question is, is there a relationship between the, the colours that are appearing here and the religions of the, the Western Kingdoms? Yeah, I don't think there's an obvious one, but if you think it would be interesting for one to exist, then tell me about it, and there will be. Okay, um, in that case... No, I think we'll keep them quite separate. Okay, cool. And they certainly do have a clear concept of the goddesses here, but they don't have an authoritative church. They have some travelling, almost like friars, hmm. who will travel with a village for a while and offer... They've just got chips on their shoulders. <laughs> ...offer religious teaching and then move on to another, but there isn't a priesthood. Well, I think if there was a relationship, then it would have to represent like a schism that happened so long ago that Percy's certainly going to be unaware of it. Yeah, yeah. And maybe the houses and the various churches are going to be unaware of it as well. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Maybe it was there at some point, but nobody's really going to know about it. Yes, so sure. As far as anyone's concerned, it's separate. Okay, cool. 
So you have an idea of being able to do this break-in. You have a few days until the tithing ceremony. There's another village that's expected to come in that also owes fealty to Red House. So their idea is to combine it with both of them and they're expected in the next few days. So you've got some time to explore the city and maybe figure out more of what's going on between now and then. So we're doing the reverse heist. Totes. I think that's the plan. Yeah, that is the plan. How is that going to help us work out who's trying to set us up? Well, before that, you have a few days in the city. Yeah, we're going to be on top hiding because we don't want to be seen. Yes, my plan initially had been that one of us goes out and is obviously seen and then the other people that were invisible followed them to check out who is responding to that. So if, for example... I am going to go out and be obviously seen. Ah, an interesting choice. (laughs) Hmm. So Percy goes out, gets seen. Is that a good idea? (laughs) Too late. Those of us that can be incognito keep our ears to the ground, find out who is reacting to seeing Percy... And then if we see someone that notices him and then runs off to tell someone, Enigma follows them, finds out who they're telling, and then we've got our answer. And also, of course, you do have an address. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we could do that. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, why are we trying to get you caught? Let's just go bust open that door. Let's do that. Come on. Death, death, death. Yeah, that is the death door, so maybe we (laughs) sh... Yeah, think about it. It's probably been a couple of days. I'm just going to really quickly pull out the, uh, the mirror. Is it still doing the same shit? No, the mirror calmed down after like See, Tristan's wang. a few days. <laughs> it gave up all. It didn't give up altogether. <laughs> Steady boy. <laughs> it's just like the shouts of death got much more separated. So now it just sometimes goes, death, and you're like, oh, and then you realise it's just the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> now it just goes, cock, cock, cock. God. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes Banbury's having a nice dream and then he starts dreaming about death and it's because the mirror was shouting it at him. I will quickly collaborate with the other hawks and say, Let, let's do it, let's go to the warehouse. Yeah. Hold on. Have we told Grandma Chi that we're not going to stick to the what we agreed previously? Well, no, she said that you needed to get into the city on the quiet. Well, I think we're in the city on the quiet, aren't we? I still want to clamber off throughout the outside. It feels a little bit more, you know. Yeah, but you can. Go on, then. I'll do that. Okay. I'm clambering round on the outside. You have to. Banbury looks like an old man. I'm invisible and Percy's... Strawberry blonde. Okay, well, while we do that, I think for Banbury to look like an old man and for Tristan to be invisible, there are spell rolls involved. I just assume I'm invisible and walk out naked. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going out naked, the Emperor's new clothes. Right. It's a kind of freedom I've not been able to feel for a long time. (laughs) That's like two minutes. You're always naked. I would assume that um, Banbury would have cast these in preparation and if it failed, would have just continued. Well, presumably they don't last as long as it takes. <laughs> so initially, I'll cast Invisibility on Tristan. Tristan, so you're clear, if you attack anyone or do any hostile actions, you're going to become visible, okay? Okay, I'm going to start stripping off. No, you don't need to. <laughs> well, your clothes get invisible too. It's too late. <laughs> well, how? What, okay, so you're not going to have any weapons, or you're just going to have your like Weapon. dagger belt. Well, I'm unbuttoning my shirt, so you've got until I get to my trousers. If you don't want to see stuff, make me invisible. Well, we've seen it already. Like everything that you've got, we've seen plentiful times. That isn't the issue here. People have paid good money for that. That's that is true. That is true. We're a belt, though. We're we're a belt and a baldric. Like the issue here is, what, what if you need pockets later? Why would I need pockets? I'm invisible. He's got nature's pockets. Yeah, thank you. Nature's weapon. 
Right. Banbury casts invisibility on Tristan. Good. Just to the point where we start seeing right. the third eye. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I am now naked with a bag. <laughs> Not my sack. Cool. Good choice on that bag. Okay. Banbury, to be clear, invisibility will stop if Tristan does anything aggressive. Yeah. Okay, good to know. Ah, oh, wait. So if I do something in love, I'll stay invisible. <laughs> That was considerably more creepy than I intended, but... <laughs> if you're invisible and do something in love, then the recipient probably doesn't feel that it's going to be a loving thing and probably find it a creepy thing. Hmm. So that's probably hostile. I meant as in love, as in I'm doing something good. So if I had to pick someone up because mm. they were injured... It needs to be consensual, like... Right, again, we've gone down a dark path. That's not what I meant. My phrasing was incorrect. <laughs> but what he means is, if he was being the wind beneath someone's wings... Mm. Yes. He could stay invisible. I, I would make that call. So is intention what breaks my invisibility, is my question. I think it's more like, if he needed to pick someone up, he did it by kicking them in the face. You'd still <laughs> reappear, <laughs> no matter how you intended it. But if I gently lifted them up from under their armpits and slowly dragged them, would I stay invisible? Or is it when I interact with anything? Well, that probably wouldn't be aggressive, so, uh, yeah. Although you should put your pants on. Wait. Why is this invisible wang on my shoulder? So I might go, oh my God, there's a naked invisible man here, apparently. Mm, all right, maybe I'll keep my clothes on just in case. Okay, so Banbury, do you have to cast Charm on yourself? Uh, yeah, we wrote these spells out at level one. Yes. Obviously in Sleeping Beauty, the witch turns herself into a little cute old lady and can walk around for ages and is so charming and endearing as such a sweet old lady, she convinces Sleeping Beauty to eat an apple. So that's what we've based the spell on. You're thinking of Snow White? Yeah. So when Banbury casts himself, he becomes this charming-looking old man. Yeah. He's not magically charming to every single individual. Like, if he was casting it to make one person charmed, he could. Yeah. But he's just naturally making himself seem like a sweet, nice yeah. old man. The kind of person that you'd look at and go, oh, that guy seems nice enough. So he's naturally more endearing than the scruffy little oik that Banbury is. Yeah, basically, not awful is a big improvement for Banbury. Yeah. Banbury's broom, obviously, is the big thing with him. Can the spell turn the broom into some kind of walking stick? I think that could, yeah. Okay, so the broom crackles itself down and twists and bends and turns into a walking stick, and Banbury becomes more haunched over, and his features kind of puff out a little and become more wrinkled, and he just looks like a sweet, endearing old man. Okay, give me that roll. Da -da -da. Too many screens up at one time. 13. Wow, yeah. Banbury is super endearing. Even the rest of you who know him quite well feel like maybe you've been unfair on him. Maybe Banbury's not as bad as he seems. Banbury actually has to go and hide behind something. He can't cast it in front of people. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's nice. So Banbury has to go behind uh, a bench or behind the caravan and then walk back out. As you're heading out... You pass Grandmother Chi, and she says, Good luck, Percy. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Why, hello there, little lady. I'll be back for you later. Would you like a kiss of cream? <laughs> <laughs> well, I certainly hope so. <laughs> See, Tristan, that's how you do it. <laughs> And then old Banbury will give him a little slow nod. <laughs> <laughs> the town itself, it's a little like the deck of a ship. You can feel it slightly moving. It's not like going with a wave, 
but it's definitely shifting as the wheels move over slightly different ground. And there's the sound of rolling wheels. So there's always this kind of rumble under everything else that's happening. You see a lot of people dressed like the people you've been travelling with, and the main language you hear is the language of the rolling people. You do see a few people in different outfits, a few orcs on the streets as well. Orcs tend to look very like they have wide shoulders and strong arms, and they have curved back horns and kind of heavy brows and they tend to be wearing clothes made of woven grass, and you see quite a few of them stomping past at one point. And so there seem to be representatives of the different peoples of the plains here. You see a few people dressed in clothes that look more like deer skins and warmer coats that you might interpret come from further south. So yeah, there's a lot of different people around. And you're passing a lot of shops, little places to eat, and market stalls and things. The things you'd expect to find in a city. And then as you go further back, it gets more industrial and more about the dye works and rope making and those kind of things. Percy actually concealed or not? Percy is not concealed. He's just... I'm strawberry blonde. So he's not wearing the disguise that we came up with? Well... He's strawberry blonde, and I think you've got, like, a rolling people type outfit, haven't you? He's just, like, three times the size of them. Yeah. Well, there's a mixture of humans and halflings here, so he doesn't look that out of place. Just like you guys. But he is pretty hench. But he is quite hench, yeah. Has he put his shoes on his knees and he's walking along like that? (laughs) (laughs) That's it. I should have made his lower legs invisible. (laughs) Um, So are we going to this warehouse then? I think so, yeah. Wait, are we going to house 23? Warehouse 23, yes. Up the stairs. Excuse me, old man. So I can talk and it doesn't break my invisibility? No, you can talk. No, it's just pretty weird because everyone can hear a voice and there's nobody there. Yeah, so... Every now and again, when somebody walks past, I'm going to like, he sees you, just to random strangers and things. What? A lot of them kind of jump away. Nice. But also they look very confused because, are you doing it in the language of the rolling people? <laughs> no, they just hear, as this fly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I just hear some nonsense sounds. And sometimes that's all I do. I just hiccup in their ear. <laughs> Excuse me. Also, when I said there were... At one point, as you're going along, basically you see what appears to be a ghost drift past. Mm, Who does? And when I say a ghost, I mean specifically a rounded light cloth with two black eyes on it just drifting past. (laughs) And you see a few of those. I really wish I could cast True Sight right now, but I can't. (laughs) So, Percy, was, was that a ghost? I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> the ghost thing, look, they're there, behind that wheelbarrow. Well, mm-hmm. Guys, I might just whip the blanket off and see what's underneath. Uh, oh, that's definitely a hostile action. No, that's mischievous, if anything. <laughs> what, what can I see? It looks like the kind of ghost a child would draw, like white fabric with two big black eyes on it, just drifting along above the ground. You there, why are you dressed as a ghost? Uh, People seem to be ignoring it. Mm. When you say that, it briefly rotates towards you and then rotates on and drifts away. There's no legs poking out under it or anything. It does seem to be just drifting of its own accord. Nah, seems to be fine. Wait a minute. 
Are there small dots on the floor that we have to eat? <laughs> have we come across some fruit? <laughs> no and no. When I see one coming towards us, I'm going to lay down on the floor looking upwards to see if I can look up and see what's underneath. Oh, the classic Tristan upskirting. Oh, upskirting. Yeah. Disgusting. <laughs> Such a pervert. So when you do that, you see there's loads of writing underneath it. Oh, does it? Can I read it? You can probably make out words. It's in the rolling people's language, so it's all pictographic. Okay, so what are the words? Uh, Stop being coy. <laughs> it looks like it might be a letter. Which letter? No, like... God, this is like getting blood from a stone. <laughs> like like someone sending a letter. Wait, say the last bit again, you went muffled. It's quite chatty. Oh, as in not like a letter. It's a letter, as in a written letter, rather than a letter. Oh, okay. This ghost is sponsored by the letter C. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably their postal system. Yeah, that's what I was... So what, what words do I pick out? Um, you pick out last week something or other... Came over, flowers, charming. And then it's drifted on. Uh, guys, I think it's just a postal service. Mm. <laughs> Very well. Guys, I've got an idea. Uh-huh. Right. We want to get this thing sneakily into a place where it shouldn't be. There's ghosts everywhere. We use them. We call it a polterheist. <laughs> uh, that just might work because I like it. Yes. Well, that is a pun that I had written in my phone notes a little while ago, so I was just waiting to use it. <laughs> nice. Well, let's go to Warehouse 23. Oh, are we just going to bust in there, or do we have a plan? I don't have any plan. I know that there's some stairs. We'll kick the door, and the door won't kick back. Yep. So you come to this big warehouse, so it's quite busy. It's got big open doors on the side. And there's a lot of steam and the smell of dye works, which smell quite potent, generally. Yeah, because they're using we as a mordant. That's correct. They certainly are. They're quite far back along the kind of tail of the city, where the more industrial processes take place, because they smell quite bad and the posh people don't want to have to deal with that. And so there's big doors, lots of industrious sounds from it, but then, as you go along the side, you come to an alleyway between that and next warehouse. And there, there are some stairs, some wooden steps, leading up to a door. Well, that would seem to fit the description. So, um, I will pause for a moment so that my invisible friends can catch up, and disguised friends, and then proceed up the stairs. Did we not maybe send Enigma and Tristan in first? Yeah, should we not maybe scout out the joint for a little bit? That's what I just said. <laughs> I mean, if, if that's... if you insist. No, I mean, should we sit on rooftops and watch for a day and make see if we can get anything rather than just going busting up? If you think I should sit on a rooftop, then... I mean, I'm not much of a climber, but I can have a go. I'd like to scamper underneath the uh, the workings of the city. Yep, okay. So you want you want to go under, do you? Yeah. And I'll go over. And Bamber, if you go wombling free, we are set. I'm going to get Percy some coffee because he sounds pretty drunk. <laughs> I love it. But he's gone beyond fun, Percy, to tired Percy. I am pretty tired as <laughs> yes. 
Okay, so Enigma, you want to go under the city? Yes. When everyone else goes up the stairs of this warehouse. Hmm. To be clear, you're just doing your own stuff now. I'm just doing my own thing. I'm scouting out joints. Invisible man might. All right, so underneath the city are like access ladders and pipes. And below the city, you see dogs running about and other animals just like picking at litter and random stuff that gets dropped. Is there any raccoons? There aren't raccoons. There are like medium-sized lizards, though, that seem to be crawling around. Oh, do you mean on the actual floor? Yes, underneath the city. Cool. So they scamper alongside it or are they like upside down? They've evolved to hang upside down underneath it. No, they're kind of on the ground underneath it. So they're basically like just scavenging on the stuff that gets dropped between the planks and everything. I I would like to monitor the lizards. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best one yet. What polterheist was my best? (laughs) No, it really wasn't. That that was good, though. (laughs) So the lizards are like, um, two of them have this big fight over some piece of meat that someone dropped it's pretty interesting really cool yeah they're doing cool stuff meanwhile top side so you've got this stairway up to a door you've got the warehouse and the other warehouse on the other side what are you going to do are there any open windows there aren't any open windows in the uh warehouse no are people coming in and out of that door no no it's very quiet it's quiet in this whole alleyway Here's an idea. Right, Bambri, you knock on the door, and when it's opened, I'll slip in. Nudie and silent and invisible. I thought you put your pants on. Yeah, but I kind of like the idea. I mean, in my head, I'm naked still, so... Okay, but Percy is just stood behind me, and they know his description. Mm, that's true. Yeah, that's why he's going to hide out of the way. Well, Percy's drunk and slumped over a barrel. How you. <laughs> it turns out she wasn't even a watermelon. And I'm an after paladin a speaker. <laughs> no, now it's like, it was their watermelon, you know. I'm so ashamed. <laughs> uh, quite incorrect. <laughs> do you wish me to knock on a door? Well, I was going to Bambri do it because it's... That, that would seem to blow his cover a little bit, wouldn't it? I mean, yeah. No, he's an old man. No one knows. He'd be like, is it the. I'm going to be an apple seller. Yeah. I don't really care. Do something about this goddamn door. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I will duck out the way then. I'll, I'll just go and like have a cup of tea with Grandma Chi. No, no. You stay within. Just literally loiter behind this wall. Okay. I will hide behind a wall. Okay. Everybody ready? I'm ready. I don't know why I'm copying you. You've you built this up now. It's just knocking on the door. Okay, no one answers. <laughs> oh, for Christ's sake, Percy, kick it in. Percy, kick it in. And then I'll sneak in. I'm going to kick over the wall. <laughs> it's the seagulls all over again. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> the walls are very strong. So is Percy. Percy maybe kicked the door. Uh, yeah, yeah, so, I mean, obviously, obviously, huh? Okay, well, it's it's not locked. So it just, like, flies open straight away and, like, slams left and right. That feels like I could have just used my hand to open it. I mean, we've never opened a door without your foot. Are you going to trash this house again? I'm going to sneak in as if it's only been opened a tiny bit. I'm going to hug the wall and sneak in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you find yourself in a small hallway. Apple seller, come down! Sweet, sweet apples! Cool. Well, 
no, there's nothing here. At the other end of the hallway, there is a stairway leading up to a trapdoor that looks like it probably leads onto the roof. A lot of the buildings in the city have gardens on the roof, so they can grow food, basically. Or because people like gardens, you know. Let's not underestimate that. <laughs> and there is a single doorway on the left. Okay. Well, let's just kick everything we come to. Well, the door is open. Kick it, Percy. <laughs> Bambri's going to wander in and yell out, he's an apple seller. Come here to sell some apples. Okay. The room again. Really? They are pub de terror. <laughs> <laughs> while <laughs> it only works as a running gag anyone that comes new to that is just gonna be like why is that oh. funny <laughs> so good because it's 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 objectively funny and it's even funnier because it's a running gag exactly enigma hello the small you're feeling blue feeling blue <laughs> <laughs> yeah zing <laughs> the smaller of the two lizards has managed to get this whole chunk of like fatty meat and has run off with it, even though you'd expect the big lizard to do pretty well. Little scamp. But yeah, it's just like scampered off with it. It's amazing. Ben, out of interest, are you just hoping that Enigma jumps in and fights for this this bit of fatty meat? Is that your end goal here? <laughs> <laughs> I really fancy some fatty meat. Just going to kick it in the face and take the meat off it. I'm not. <laughs> I don't want Enigma to feel left out while all you guys are in this warehouse. Well, my, my plan was to do a little bit of scouting and try and get under this place where we're going to try and sneak in the uh, gem later. Right, okay, yes. So so that's like right the other end, so... Okay, we will. I will walk towards there or clamber upside down in the pipework to there because that's cooler. Yeah, of course. I like the idea that Ben could have told you there was nothing down there, but it was like, I'm just going to cut her off. You're watching two lizards fight for some meat, that's it. <laughs> Keep her just enough interested that she doesn't get any plot. I'm, I'm following the lizards. Here's the plot where the party is. Here's just some random descriptions of stuff that's going to be pointless. Yeah. Well, you see, I, I you thought... You only think that. I think it's important. A, Ali's right. B, also, like, I thought Enigma was supposed to be hanging with you guys. So I'm like, well, if you want to go under when everyone else is going over, I guess stuff is under. To be honest, I've been expecting a pun this whole time. I'm like, Ben is building some massive lizard-based pun, but doesn't seem to be. No, no, I'm just not yet. I could scare the lizard, because thereby hangs a tail. <laughs> uh, you see, no uh, one ever gets that when I do my stand-up. Uh, I like it. It's <laughs> so forced. I keep doing it. I keep doing <laughs> yeah, it. I was going to say. <laughs> That's the true mastery of puns, though. It is. And definitely the way you should do stand-up in pubs is do jokes that no one gets. So, Tristan, you're in a narrow hallway there is a doorway to the left that appears to be open that bambi's just gone into there's the door you came through hallway yeah door to the left and stairway at the end of it going up towards the roof i'm gonna scamper to the doorway at the end and push it sneakily open as if it's the wind and i'm gonna say wind right push the roof one open yeah it doesn't open (laughs) okay percy kick it in like the wind. Like the door on the left is open. You're going past an open room. Wait, Banbury's just gone into one room selling apples. Oh, so Banbury's gone into that side room, has he? Yep, shouting apple salesman. Okay, right. So, Banbury, the room you've gone into... It's full of apples. It's full of... It's just apples the whole way down. You won't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> My work here is redundant. No, it looks like an office. 
a fire flickers on one side of it and on the other side there's desks and drawers there's papers on the desks and there are bright lanterns lit up above it oh guys you know what we do here okay i'm gonna do some paperwork and find out who these people are uh, Invisible Tristan, you scout out. Percy, you bodyguard. I'll be here doing paperwork. Mm-hmm. That's what I like to do. Hmm? Okay. Okay. Goodbye. There's no accounting <laughs> for taste. <laughs> so, while you do your paperwork, Banbury, so you're going like through the drawers and the tabletop? Yep, I'm going to go through everything, try and find some names, try and find anything identifying uh, who these people are. Okay. Give me a discern realities. Okay, uh, that's wisdom. <laughs> Four. That's good. Nice. Strong will. Okay, cool. Thanks. <laughs> but look at my rolls tonight, and I'm the only person that's rolled tonight as well. 10, 12, 12, 13, 4. Wow. Yeah, Mark XP. Oh, yeah. So, Banbury, you have an extra... And? Um, you have an extra question uh. you get on that. <laughs> You have an extra question on that that I think you get even if you fail, don't you? I've got no idea. I think there is a child of fire move. You gave me a load of extra stuff when you invented that, and I'm going to be honest and say I didn't write any of it down. Yeah, when you went to that, so I don't know if I, we put it on your sheet. I think it's something to do with has there ever been fire here? Yeah. Has there ever been fire here in this office, Ben? Yes, there's a fire over there. No. I can see it. No. <laughs> Bambri doesn't fail Bambri, to see the, the fire in front of him, but does... The- Banbury. But they have to be Banbury, careful with fire Banbury, it's made Banbury, of paper. listen. Stop. Elaborate. Alpha. Whoa. No. The answer is no. There's never been any fire here. There is no fire in that room. Oh. Goddamn illusion. Okay, Banbury's going to go and check out that fake fireplace. The room starts to get very cold. Okay. The fireplace slowly vanishes. The lanterns turn pale. The back wall fades to nothing, and the whole room is suddenly much darker. And at one side of it, behind where the far wall has vanished, there is now a chair. And in the chair sits a single figure swathed in furs, sat like a king on some enshadowed throne. He has a hand on each of the chair's arms, he has very broad shoulders, and he has a hood but you can see eyes beneath that hood glowing with a pale fire. Um, do you want some apples? <laughs> it says, so good of you to come. You are truly welcome. Percy! Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, hello there, um, strange figure, sat on a throne. He says, I am honoured to meet you. I am death. I've been waiting for you. Goblins are mammals. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. The editors 
not the Birmingham-based rock group, have put a lot of effort into making it sound uh, at least tolerable. If you wouldn't mind, it would be great if you could leave a review. That way, I get fed and I don't have to eat old socks. Thank you! Peeing. What? Peeing. Peeing. What? He's out. He's had enough. He says we're taking the piss. Oh, peeing. I thought he said being. I was like, <laughs> Percy's got some insight that I, I haven't thought of. Percy, go! <laughs> Percy just stands at the corner pissing up a wall. I'm like, oh. It looks a lot like that. Only that picture doesn't really express how many wagons there are. Oh. Because it turns out drawing wagons is quite hard. So there's really a lot. That's why they use sky whales. Ha. No, that was a good, good one. That was good. That was actually good. Let's get Tristan back in. Right, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to charge in, both guns blazing. <laughs> Two guns? You don't have guns. Yeah, grandma cheese first. Just welcome. I am death. To cruelly <laughs> drawn swords. <laughs> you, you can't say that word, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> he says... Greetings. Salutations. 